I posit the existence of a universe in which there is an intro to this show. Not going to happen. It's quantum mechanically. It's possible. <laughs> but Do only we all have goatees in the, that the, the equations that describe this show uh-huh. uh, can accept negative values in which there would be an intro. At this point, we've gone longer than just what like an actual <laughs> intro would have been. So let's stop. Hey. What? We're doing it. Yeah. We're talking about movies. Yes, we are. Um, while they still exist. <laughs> uh, you think movies are going to go away? Well, I should know that when you come to me unsolicited and you go, oh, boy, I'm really worried about this. Mm-hmm. I should know that you read an article about something or you're tapping into the zeitgeist of whatever. Because the other day you were like, oh, I'm worried about these theaters. Oh, it's these theaters. Yeah, movie theaters. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I know that like Regal's like, well, we're just going to just close until we see what happens, which is like, well, you probably should have done that. You'd saved all the money that you wasted right. being open during the summer. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'd be okay because the movies didn't make no money. Or at least yeah. you didn't see much no. of that because nobody wants COVID popcorn. No. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, you know, she's just thinking about seeing Tenet or something. And then I went out and like Patty Jenkins and uh, the president of AMC and all these people are like, guys, movies are real bad. It's real bad. <laughs> I'm like, okay. All right. Maybe it was a little more serious. Than I took it for, but at the same time, I'll I'll just point you to my rant that I either made on this show mm-hmm. or just enough trouble, which is why we have to separate these shows, mm-hmm. and that is coming. Uh, somebody, somebody's gonna someone's gonna show movies. It might yeah. not be Mr. AMC, but there yeah. will be movies you in did Trump's say that. America. Take two. Stop it. Well, um, I, and I did actually. I I saw um. Uh, some other article about it and people were posting about their um, reactions to it online. And some people I just wanted to punch in the face per usual because of the... Your pugilism No, because of of what, like, they were saying. Like, they're like, man, movie theaters are dead. They were were dying long before this. This is just blah, blah, blah. I'm like, shut up. I love it. Don't. I love... stop it. (laughs) The internet has both exposed all the village idiots mm-hmm. and has also created more, mm-hmm. says the guy with opinions who's talking into a microphone right mm-hmm. now. But let's continue. Everybody has to have a take on something and it's got to yep. be 140 characters. Yeah. And very few things can be summarized uh, comprehensively in 140 characters. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be like, Oh, should Henry Cavill be in another movie? No. There, I got two characters. <laughs> but nothing nothing can. But everybody has to do it. And then I think we're all... Remember... Okay, uh, real real quick. And this all is relevant because it's, it's cultural theory and has to do with the uh, media. Yeah. Um, remember, like, if you ever saw, like, a reporting, uh, reportage from, like, the 1950s or somebody's like... Boy, these lunch counters are, I don't know, let's not try to go off that on that tangent, but anyway. Wow. And, like, there's a bunch of, like, blonde, skinny dudes in rolled up jeans mm-hmm. in white t-shirts, mm-hmm. and they're all just kind of looking at the camera. They're standing sure. next to a Studebaker on the other side of the street and right. looking at the camera. Maybe one of them. Somebody, at some point, the meme of, hi, mom, started. Right. And then maybe they're doing that. Right. But now everybody is their own TV studio producer. Yeah. Content creator, mm-hmm. performer, on-camera talent, 
we're all the same thing. And yes. so we all feel like we have to present. Uh-huh. And back in the day, it was the then like, you know, appearances and takes on things kind of evolved. And now it's all like people my age. Look, I'm self-aware. It's people my age who went through the Generation X uh, Daria uh, strata period. And so we all have like a, well, and they're never funny, mine are, but they're never funny. <laughs> they're just cynical. Yeah. And I think they have heavily contributed to everybody's huge bummer in the last couple of years. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, shut up. Yeah. Or just say something nice. Right. Try that. I know. Right. Think about what you're going to say. If it's not nice, maybe decide not to say it. Yeah. Say, How about that? I really miss. Be honest. You don't have a take. You're not going to sideswipe this yes, thing. Yes. That's fine. Just be honest. To, yeah. Yeah. You, right. don't, you don't even have to be positive. Yeah. I miss movies too. Right. I was looking at a thing and uh, what was I doing? I was cleaning out my um, – I, I belong to this uh, service that um, I used to use for uh, movie reviews uh, mm. where you get screenings. And, of course, it's dead right. because there are no movies. But it's not dead. It's all just ads now. They send you the most random right. ads. So Fantastic. I was going in to clean all the spam out mm-hmm. and I saw – Oh, yeah, that's right. I went to that screening of Battle Angel Alita in, like, January of two mm-hmm. years ago. Uh-huh. And I was just thinking, like, it's been a... I mean, I went to a movie after that, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it's just been so long since I've seen a movie. I know. And, really uh, and I don't feel the need to get super sarcastic about it. I'm just honestly telling you, uh, yes. that makes me feel bad. It, it makes me feel bad, too. But that's all immaterial, because, like I said, Hollywood is gonna keep doing this and as long as they're doing this Uh they're gonna keep making movies they're gonna keep looking for people to sell them to in some cases and i'm a little worried about this in this deregulated neoliberal society we live in love that but when yeah when you go to like a Lionsgate theater or something like that i'm a little worried about that me too but uh you know that's what i guess antitrust laws are for it's weird that we'd apply that to entertainment and not all the other gigantic industries that we refuse to uh, uh, apply it to but not a political show what why get rid of that what is the point of getting rid of that law I don't want a Disney theater showing only Disney movies. Well, I don't actually know what the motivation was. It will open the door to what will probably save the theater industry, which is direct involvement from the studios. And I don't know if they did it for that reason or if Disney was like, we make all the content anyway and just, you know, leveraged themselves into a situation where they can get that part of the profit. But yeah. I did read one of the other comments that was more positive was saying something similar to what you said, but apparently they they were referencing specifically um, the the flu in 1918. Um, apparently, also, which makes sense, adversely affected um, the film industry. <laughs> well, the nascent and, film industry. Yeah, right. And and like things looked bad, but but you know came back as other companies. So it. Like you said, it's probably going to do something similar or could possibly do something similar. I don't know. We'll see. Well, it's a very different situation. But yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. We we definitely will see. Let's talk about our films. Yes. I lost the t- uh, won the toss. So we'll talk about my film first. Yeah. The film that I picked is a film from 1956 called The Killing, mm-hmm. directed by a Mr. Stanley Kubrick. Who's that? I'm just kidding. Yeah, he's a auteur. I mean, Disney snapped him up, and now you know he's just making crap now. But uh, what? 
Uh, I wanted to watch uh, Fear and Desire, his first film, oh. um, but I thought let's just let's just bullet down the middle here and uh, okay. watch a feature length film because his first film is like sixty minutes long. Oh, okay. Uh, so yeah, so we watched his second movie, uh, The Killing. Yes, uh, it is a noir, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it stars, <laughs> it stars Sterling Hayden because mm-hmm. of course it does. Yeah. Uh, what happens in the killing? So um, the killing is about a um, a, a group of guys who are going to uh, pull a a heist at a racetrack. Um, it's much more involved than that, but um, they are going to. St- there, there's this huge race that the, the winnings is, are worth $100,000, but they figure that they've done the math and they figure that all the money in this back room is going to be around $2 million, And they're going to split it with each other and everything. So they, it's, 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 it's more involved in that, but like it goes back and forth and it follows different characters. And uh, we see them planning it and how this is going to go. One of the guys' wife gets involved and it gets really messy so well that's it i i could go more but usually i can't keep you from uh yeah i would i would say i would add to that that it is um the type of film that is now uh totally de rigueur like you would just i I, this is a it's a heist movie yeah and um like a lot of heist movies i kept thinking about um (laughs) logan lucky of all things while i was watching this I can uh, kind of see that, though. Yeah, but that's more, like, uplifting. Yeah. Uh, but no, this is just like, you know, it's a bunch of crooks. Yeah. Um, can they trust each other? Um, things start to right. fall apart. Nothing's perfect. It's a double indemnity type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that cold, cerebral, calculating way, we're never really asked to sympathize with any of the characters. No. Even though I don't really sympathize with Fred McMurray mm-hmm. in Double Indemnity, I'm no. I'm supposed to be like, no, oh, this guy got suckered. He got suckered right. by a dame or whatever. Right. We're, that's they're just their lives are presented to us. I think Elisha Cook's character um, is probably the most sort of pathetic, and of course he's you know henpecked. Yes. So that's something that people in the fifties, I guess, that's a trope for them. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a trope today still, but it uh, is. so maybe we feel bad for him, but also he's. <laughs> Just immediately ready to to murder somebody. So, yeah. Um, But it's like uh, Tarantino films and all the films that were inspired by Tarantino, all those crappy direct-to-video 90s movies about, you know, we're going to rob a bank, but then we did too many drugs, and I'm I'm describing Killing Zoe. Uh, Or the one where the Suicide Kings, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or whatever. They're all, I think they all have their roots in The Killing. Not that The Killing was the first movie to do this in any way, but Mm -hmm. it was definitely probably one of the most stylish um, entries in this kind of genre. Mm -hmm. Did you like the fact that the movie just doesn't even bother? (laughs) At 7 a.m., Joe went down to get an egg sandwich. An hour earlier, Teddy was out washing his tights. But at Tuesday of the previous week, uh, (laughs) I guess it doesn't, none none of it really matters, which makes me wonder, like, why jump around then? Mm -hmm. It jumps uh, around a lot. Yeah, but it does, it has this sort of clinical dragnet-esque kind of feel to it, but. Which I'm, you know, I'm okay with, but if you are somebody who needs to watch a movie in chronological order, like uh, my grandfather was, uh, you would hate this film. (laughs) That's very, that's very specific. Um, Tell me the film that he saw he didn't like. 
Eternal sunshine of the spotless okay. mind. Well, come on. <laughs> you don't expose the elderly to Michelle Gondry. Uh, no, no, no. I, I, we, I got to pick the movie, and I picked that movie, and oh, man. I, yeah. yeah. I didn't get blamed for it. We can unread a room yeah, for a while. Well. So. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay, though. It's a good movie. Um, we should do that on the show. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I um, own that movie, actually. So On DVD. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Might as well have it on toilet paper. Just wow. spin the roll really fast. Wow. Uh, let's talk more about the film. Um, I um, This is that thing with, like, I don't know. There's, a, there's some good actors in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's some, also, so there's some actors in this movie. And... <laughs> I don't know, like, Sterling Hayden is a, he's still, wow. he's kind of like, like, I don't know, Steve McQueen was, like, never, like, a real, a real great dramatic actor, right? But he, but he just, you want to watch him you do stuff. You leave Steve McQueen You want to watch him do stuff. That's what I'm saying. Walk away from the McQueen. Get, put, I'll put this bullet in a gun. <laughs> um, and I, uh, that's how I feel about Sterling Hayden. Sterling Hayden. I love watching him. I, I don't think it's until he really, because he never really cared i don't think he ever really wanted to be an actor all that much but the less that he cared like the more he got like by the time we get to the big goodbye like he's it's great mm-hmm. um he's great in strange love which is a couple years after this mm-hmm. um right now he's uh, he's fine but it's basically just like the, I, there's this element to to johnny that the film this is a criticism that the film doesn't really set up all that much because again remember we don't really care about they have their little lives yeah. The guy's got a sick wife. Mm-hmm. Elisha Cook's uh, henpecked. Yeah. Um, but they don't matter all that much. The cops in hock to uh, to an unsavory character. Yeah. But these are just like kind of motivations. They're not really important as character stuff. Yeah. And every single one of the guys is kind of, you're actually kind of, they're all kind of real pleasant. Like you're all kind of like <laughs> maybe rooting for them in that way. Yeah. But they all are kind of F-ups a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. all kind of screw something up uh, on their own, um, which happens. But, like, Johnny's the guy who is on the dot. He's on the, He arrives on time. He does all the stuff. And as yes. the movie goes and the plot, uh, the other problems pile up, he starts to slip, and he you know he gets 15 minutes behind. And now, right. like, the Johnny machine isn't, isn't firing on all cylinders. Right. And by the end, he just basically just gives up and i and i understand because i've seen a million of these films that like this is his big score as he's telling colleen gray at the beginning you know this is his big score baby don't worry about it. it's gonna be fine and we never really i don't know if we have to but we don't really establish that you know that johnny doesn't he doesn't mess up you know what i mean mm, like right i see what you're saying he he all he gets it every time he's got it and as we see his confidence completely come apart in like the last 10 minutes of the movie but again you could be cold and cerebral, but these characters don't really have inner lives. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I think it's interesting. So we, we learned at the beginning of the film that Johnny has just gotten out of prison for five years for Boy. some yeah. crime. Probably stole something or some robbery or something. I don't know. But um, so I don't think he's even been out for a week. How long has he been planning all this? Because all this is already in motion. Yeah, he, I, I don't know how things work, um, but he probably wasn't allowed to get on that plane or try to at the end. But um, No. Um, pretty sure. This is our second Sterling Hayden movie, right? Johnny Guitar. Yes. Also in Johnny Guitar, I would say he is there just to be a tall blonde guy. Yeah. <laughs> because he's also just He doesn't like... even really sing that much, even though he's, like, hired to sing. No, no. He's, he's, yeah, supposedly he's, like, a troubadour, and he's just, like, 
yeah, look out, Vivian. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I want to be with you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's yeah. But uh, that's okay. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of um, everybody lives in a in a in a uh, railroad apartment in this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's done to show that they're um, not well to do. Yeah, but like, I, but railroad apartments. I don't know if that would apply to because they're in like well they're in San Francisco. I don't know. Anyway, maybe that's supposed to suggest that that they're all kind of two bit. But what it does ultimately is it gives Stanley a chance to run the camera around everywhere and like do. Oh, I hadn't even thought of it like do, that. Do his little tracking shots. Sure, yeah. But yet maintain the claustrophobia, you know, of the, of the characters' environment. So I thought that was cool. The the apartments feel very small. Yeah, and, and yeah. very. Small enough in. to have a shotgun mass murder in. Yeah, um, well. I wanted to call out specifically um, the, uh, I can't remember the character's name. It's Sherry. That's it. Mary Windsor's character. Yes. Um, I think that she's really good. She's excellent. Um, she's got a real, um, now nah, skip that. <laughs> I can't remember this actress's name I was oh, going to compare okay. it to. But yeah, but she's really great um, for the whole uh, sort of downplaying or underplaying everything. Um She's got the most going on in that she's going to leave yes. the guy. She's also got a lover. Yes. She's then she gets in a situation where like now she's got to like encourage her husband to do the job. So yeah. her boyfriend will have something to steal. Yes. And, and her husband's losing his nerve. And then then she sets up Johnny by suggesting that Johnny had raped her. Yes. When she, they captured her trying to figure out what the plan was or listening yes. in. And that scene was fun, too, because they did it, right? You got the idea that, that Johnny had uh, had had sipped some sherry in the past. Oh, oh. Previously? Yeah. Maybe. Because they were, because to the, to the rest of the gang, he's like, I'm going to slap that pretty face into hamburger, and then we're going to get our answers. But she knew who And he everybody was. leaves, and he's like, all right, what are you doing here? <laughs> She's like, oh, I was just hanging around. Like, they have a rapport. Yeah, yeah, and she knew his name. She was like, all right, Johnny. Yeah, but I think it was revenge because, you know, we're already this deep in. Uh, who knows what's going to happen when we uh, beat up or kill the husband to get the money. M- maybe we can throw Johnny on the pile, too. Because oh. clearly they've had a, they have a history. He's like, you, you're a tramp, and he says all this stuff like he means it, like when they're having this back and forth. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's like, hmm, just uh, t- take care of that. It's interesting, though, because, like, he her husband asked her, like, the night before, like, a a leading question, like, what happened with him? Did anything happen? And she said, no, it happened the way I said it happened. And she was very emphatic about it. And then the next morning, she's like, well, I tried to tell you multiple times, but you kept interrupting me. She had to give Elisha a little more juice to, to, to get this thing done. Although it throws the whole thing in disarray because if he just runs over to Johnny's place and shoots him in the face, there's no there's no heist. Yeah. But uh, I, I I liked that. She was not she was never hysterical, she's never a crazy woman or whatever. No. She was yeah, she was really great. She was. Um what else? There's a lot of famous actors in this film. Um I mentioned Elisha Cook before, who's done a lot of stuff. Um he was one of his first roles, I think, was um, Maltese Falcon. Oh, okay. He plays the whiny hood at the end that they're going to pin the whole thing on. And he's sure. like, no, what? No. <laughs> um, Joe Turkle is in this. Joe Turkle is, uh, he is the basically silent sidekick to the gigolo boyfriend. The only reason that oh. you'd know him is, a couple reasons. He plays Eldon Tyrell 
in Blade Runner. Uh, uh, a Ridley Scott film. Yes. Uh, and, but also shot in England, uh, where Stanley Kubrick lives. And then he was the bartender in The Shining. Really? Yes. Interesting. So some some kind of, uh, you know, key roles, but yes. also a guy that maybe you wouldn't, like, necessarily see I didn't recognize the name when you, you said it before. I think I think you pointed it out when the movie started. Um, um, and yeah. then we mentioned Colleen Gray before. Colleen Gray's, I don't know, she's, um, it's kind of interesting. Like, she... She got a, she, you know, she was an actress when she was very young in the studio system and all mm. of her films flopped. And so they basically oh. just fired her. And then she hung around Hollywood for a while doing this and that. And then she kind of moved to TV and just never had a real big career. And she's talked about that before. But also she supported Goldwater in 64. So oh. she's dead to me. She's oh. nuts. Wow. <laughs> Politics. Um, I've been talking a lot. What do you, what do you think? Um, yeah, it's like. Um, it was, it was really good and it was, but it was, but it, like you said, like sometimes it was like, like I, I was fine with it jumping around so much, but sometimes you felt like you needed like a timeline in front of you or something like that or like, <laughs> they, not like timestamps. I know, I know, but it, it almost felt like if, if you looked at it, it would have been like this huge mess of string. Like, well, before yeah. that, at this time, it yeah. would have been this and that, um, the, I mean, I guess I, I guess I understand it. Like why they're um, the the I guess that the the gun thing, right? Like um, Johnny um, has it, it the the gun that they have in the locker room, right? The way that they get it there, it, it's 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 a long process, and it's it's like where is this going, you know? And it's um, it's almost like its own little mini movie you maybe know? johnny overplans his heists a little bit maybe because it's like okay i'm they gonna call take that a gun Huckle, huckleberry no sawyer syndrome right i'm gonna take a gun have it in a guitar case i'm gonna get a hotel room put it in there then i'm gonna go there several days later with flowers put the gun in the flowers then put then bring the flowers to a locker Lock it in the locker, then drop the key off at at the the bartender's apartment. Then the bartender's gonna go get the flowers, and he's gonna put it in the locker so I can get it later. You think the NRA mask. ever clashes with the NRA? <laughs> the National Rifle Association clashing with the National Rose Association, uh, and the Rose Association is like, yeah, people are always putting long guns in our boxes for long stem red roses. <laughs> You think you're getting a nice a dozen, and then out comes a 12-gauge. Come on. What is this? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it's all – I mean, this is based on a book called um, Clean Break mm. uh, by Lionel White, which I bet focuses more on Johnny trying to outrace his, his I thought of something else bad luck. About, but yeah. Because luck is a part of this too. Right, it is. Um this movie also uh continues the tradition of the um <laughs> why how do you say this? Um Kubrick has no problem depicting as much sex and um intimacy as he he will, will be allowed to. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I when because even like the suggestion of it, this is like the mid fifties. Like the suggestion of an yeah, affair is kind right. of like, ooh. ooh yes. um, but yeah, but when she goes in, you know, to meet her little, um, her little uh, rent boy, uh, 
<laughs> Kubrick has no problem with Frank sexuality. And I think that was that guy's name, Frank sexuality. <laughs> so, yeah, but uh, and you see that in um, Psycho. That was a big part of like, the, you know, the beginning of Psycho or just even like the entire movie of Psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know, like uh, well, even like um, when we first see Johnny and what's the girlfriend's name? Like you just were talking her, about that actress. Um, he's, Gray. he's helping her refasten her belt. Yeah. He's got it. He's putting his hands on her. But, but to me, it's like, well, that's it. That's intimate. They, yeah. They, uh, they've just had sex and right. he's helping her put her. He's got on the joint. Yeah. Right. Of course. Um, I wanted to talk about also one more thing. Yeah. As, as far as like attention to detail and like little things that the glamor of movies would excise. Um, when she comes, when Elisha Cook and uh, the lady whose name I've forgotten now are home, and he's trying to grill her about like what Sherry. she said with Johnny, yeah, uh, she puts on cold cream and removes, removes her makeup, and she actually does it. She does. It isn't like you would cut away. You know, a woman sits at her vanity. She gets a thing. She's dabbing her finger in the thing, mm-hmm. and then she maybe puts it up at the top of her forehead, and then we just cut to something else. We reverse cut to her conversational partner or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she just smears it all over her face. Yeah. It's just a little thing, but I was like, oh, it's, he he wants, like, you know, th- this to be real. You know, he wants yeah. verisimilitude. And she takes her fake eyelashes off before that, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think that says a lot about Sherry, though. Yeah, well. That's, of course, Sherry takes her eyelashes off. Yeah, We got well. two and a half minutes, and I want to talk about The Wrestler. The, oh, can I say something else really That's quick? That's why I'm telling you we've got two and a half, okay, well, two, um, two fifteen. I want to talk about, um... The, the shooter, the guy who shoots the horse. Yes. Um, so he has to go uh, park in the specific parking lot, and there's an attendant there, and he basically bribes him. The attendant happens to be black. Um, and the attendant actually seemed to really like his interaction with this guy. And the shooter told him that he's a paraplegic, and that's why he has to park in that parking lot. But you were like, which doesn't really make that sense. Like, why would you want to be that far away from the track? But whatever. Um, but so he goes over and talks to him a couple of times and he talks to him right when the race is about to start. And he's like, I just wanted to bring you a good luck charm. Like here, here's a horseshoe for some luck, you know? Yeah. You know, I really appreciate the way you, you treated me, not just the money, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And then the shooter was like, I got to get rid of this guy. So not only does he insult him, he calls them the N word. Yeah. And I'm like, Really? But then, like, he's like, okay, yeah, all right, whatever. Oh, yes, Massa, I guess I'll yes, be moving on. exactly. And yeah. then he, like, drops the horseshoe kind of, yeah, on the ground, yeah, yeah. just kind of, like, casually, like, screw this, you know, and walks sh- away. Yeah. And the shooter shoots the horse, and then he's got to get out of there, and he pulls really out. Fast. But he blows a tire because he ran over the horseshoe, which, so sharp, horseshoes, but I, I get it. Now, yeah. are, are you postulating, you're not doing that at all. I'm going to postulate that there is, like... A god or like karma in this universe, well, which I doesn't thinking, seem very Kubrickian. I was thinking he was saying this is for good luck. He's like, screw your good oh, luck, and come he's on. like, you don't know how to do this. We're on a budget. We've got twelve seconds left. What? Get to the point. He he he. It it was his bad luck. It was because he was mean to the guy. The mean to the guy who was offering him good luck. Which I mm-hmm. yes. Okay, now I'm going to rewind and waste more time and say that I'm positing that in this movie but really not in any of the rest of the Kubrick universe, there is karma. Yes. Or at least luck of the Irish. Sure. <laughs> sure. 
Um, I don't know if it's an in-joke or not. That actor was uh, James Edwards. He started in a movie called Home of the Brave, which was about a um, paraplegic uh, oh. African-American veteran who uh, it's, it faces racism in the war and stuff like that. And huh. it's, uh, okay. it's like a psychological drama. It's actually I want to talk about it on the show, but All right. we're out of time. Oh, I thought you wanted to talk about The Wrestler. <laughs> you had to tell your story three times in a row. Whatever. The wrestler <laughs> that that's a member I shouted out in the in the oh look it's Cola Quariani he was a wrestler in the fifties funnily enough he was he's from Georgia Georgia not uh, on my mind but you know Georgia the country um, Georgia uh, the mid the Midwestern girls really knocked me out Georgia it's always on my mind it is on my mind Paul McCartney you're a hack anyway what? so the point is <laughs> people know uh, the point is is that he was a chess player. And uh, he did go to a club called the Chess and Checker Club in New York City. Of course, that's in New York City. We're in uh, San Francisco, but that's okay. Interesting. Yes. Okay. And he reminds me of George the Animal Steel. What else? Notes, notes, notes. I had trouble understanding This is the bear. But yeah, no, absolutely. I felt Should not have been cast. (laughs) Could not understand a GD word that he was saying. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that they're defeated by... um, by airline bureaucracy and a small yes. dog at the end. Yes. It's, this book, the book has to have the theme of luck, right? It has it to have has the theme of, of fortune yes. and being down on your luck. That has to be there. I, I think it has It's to. barely present in the film. Though, yeah, well. Which I think is weird. Hmm. But I, like I said, I think that Kubrick would be, although Barry Lyndon, uh, no, no, it's the fortunes of Barry Lyndon. They're up, they're down, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, these guys are just unlucky. I think they're unlucky. And I, I think that Johnny is, is smart and maybe he overplans, but he's working with a bunch of idiots. Kubrick did not invent the out-of-sequence film. Uh, Rashomon came out in 1950. Yeah. Um, the Killers came out the year before this, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in, is out-of-sequence. Um, but he used it well here. Yes. Did Kubrick invent the bird bit? That's what I want to know. And what's the bird bit? Yeah, the bird bit is, is bird bit? it's a cockatoo. It can talk. And it's commenting on the situation. And the reason I think that this might be a very early use of it, although I could be wrong, is that he doesn't do it very well. <laughs> First of all, I can't, like the wrestler, I can't really tell what the bird is saying. And yes. he should, we, they, we didn't set up in the beginning that the bird can talk. I don't think we've even seen the bird before this scene. So It was in one of the earlier scenes, but just kind of in the background. Okay. Yeah. But they weren't like pretty pollying it or anything no, like that. No, they weren't talking. Or she's anything. like... What? Oh, frank sexuality. Oh, please, more. No, no, none of that. That was... Uh, Let's talk about your movie. Not a thing. Let's talk about your movie. Okay, um, my movie... And that's how you do a parrot bit. Wow. Uh, my movie was uh, Barbarella. 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 That's There's a, a Shadana song, right? whole song about Barbarella. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barbarella from 1968. Yes. Um, crap. Crap what? I'm going to have to say what happens in Barbarella. You are. That is your job. I don't even know. Do your um, best. Okay. Okay. It's based on a comic book. Mm-hmm. It's based on a comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, a bad comic book. It. Have you read it before? No, but we'll talk about French comic books. Barbarella is a, I don't know, a space agent, let's say. Isn't she kind of like an astronaut or something? Who's telling this? All right. And she is contacted by the president of Earth who says that a 
uh, a quote unquote mad scientist. I don't know if they say mad scientist, but mm-hmm. he is a mad scientist uh, named Duran Duran has escaped oh. Earth. He has invented a something a positronic ray, yes. which is a, a weapon. Uh, yes, Jane Fonda, it's a weapon. Uh, they don't have weapons here in the year 40,000 because everybody's about love. Right. And slowly taking off your spacesuit. Mm-hmm. And so she is assigned to go after him. Um, he is on the in the system Tau Ceti, which is a real system, but it's neither here nor there. Uh, she goes there. On her way there, she crashes. And it just becomes, this is, it's a travelogue. You know, she's just going to go from yeah. place to place, keep crashing her ship. She's mm-hmm. going to meet a succession of hot guys that she's going to bone. Yep. And eventually she'll have to defeat um, the Queen of Evil or something. What was her name again? She was... I was really plugged into this Wow. Fight. She So she, she had a no, couple... No, no, no. Different... I don't want a story. I want the name of the character. She had a couple of different names. It was the something tyrant. Before we knew it was a woman, it was like the dark or evil tyrant. I don't even remember. And then she was like the Black Queen. There, there was a couple of different things they were calling her. Big Sigh. From this side of the table. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Her name was the Great Tyrant. The Great Tyrant. So anyway. Yes. Um, I don't know. That's, we'll talk about the particulars now, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you want to know the backstory of this film? Sure. Do you really? Seems like I, you, I, I don't know. Do I? It seems like you don't want to. I, I don't. <laughs> Dino De Laurentiis. Mm-hmm. Know who that is. Yeah. You know who that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, bought the rights to this comic, Barbarella. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, wanted to get it made for about 1350 Okay. In change. American, okay. not Frank's. Uh, he hired uh, Roger Vadim, who was a uh, film director and a writer, um, and he, <laughs> all of his works uh, are, are visually lavish with erotic qualities mm, okay. in the French style. Sure. And he, oh man, that's right. He directed that. He directed Gene Roddenberry's only film. Uh oh, the one where the high school guidance counselor bangs oh, all the students. No, um, he did create and God created woman. That's a pretty good movie. Uh, okay. So anyway, um, and he was married to Jane Fonda at the time. Oh. And so he's like, guess who'd be great for this film? Yeah, forget Sophia Loren, forget Verlisi, forget all these people. We're gonna put Jane Fonda in this role. I like Jane Fonda, though. Uh, I mean, she's, she's definitely got uh, better in acting. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, she's having fun. She's gorgeous. Is she having fun? She looks... I, I think she's having fun. It's been a really tough, tough shoot. Yeah. I it's know. just her getting thrown around and then um, she falls changing lot. into new outfits. Yeah. Um, and the movie did really great. <laughs> like, it was huge in the UK. Uh, that's why. You, you could be hungry like the wolf now and not uh, whatever they would have called themselves. But uh, yes, yeah, Duran know, Duran right? named themselves Duran Duran because of this. Mm-hmm. It tells you a lot. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. like girls. Roger Vadim likes girls. This European sexuality, it's gone too far. <laughs> we need to talk about this. But anyway, that's what it is. And the reason that I said, um, oh, I forgot. Well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, the, the reason I said that it's a bad comic is there are a lot of comics like this um, where it's just a character who is a space guy or whatever is put into a situation. Yeah. And if it's a dude like uh, Valerian, he's yeah. he's capable, he's ready, he solves the problem or whatever. And if it's a girl like Barbarella, she's like, oh, no, now this is happening. Oh, no, the blue uh, priapisms have, uh, have tied me up. What's going to happen? Yeah. Oh, I'm saved by someone else. Here's your reward. It is 
me banging you and then just move on to the next thing. And I guess there's a yeah. tradition for this in other media. Fanny Hill's like that, right? The the erotic novel from I don't know. the 18th century. I don't know. Um, where she just like, she's just having a good time. She's just moving from the, you know, here's the broad Bidignagians. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the Lilliputians. I screwed them all. Um, but like Barbarella's like, it's 68. Bond is already here and gone. Uh-huh. She can't handle any of these problems herself. But well, the thing is, yeah. they don't want her to. They want her to just change clothes 12 times and we watch every zipper come down and everything else. Right? It's just frustrating to me because, like, I don't know. We have no idea. We're led to believe that she has some sort of experience, not necessarily, like... um tracking people down but like she doesn't show signs of having any experience interacting anything with anybody she's taking the Um, pill and she holds her hand out sometimes but yeah she doesn't know she knows nothing and she's way too trusting and like she's always like oh thank you as somebody like leads her into a trap or you know what i mean like oh that was so kind of you for saving me when they are doing it just for their oh i hope these dolls don't chew all my flesh off yeah right Exactly. And that too, like, you know, her being attacked by small things that clearly couldn't kill her, but could cause minor flesh wounds uh, and also tear her clothing to the point where she needs to take it off again. Well, we just need to create another excuse for her to A, have no clothes on or have her clothes torn off and and then also for her to have a new outfit because this is just a fashion show. Right. right? But yeah. And when you think about like something else came out in 1960, that was 1969, I guess, but like. Uh, Tracy, Tracy Bond. She's not an MI6 agent, but mm-hmm. she's she gets it done. Uh-huh. So I just don't know. It's just a. It's disappointing. At that time, it, it you know at that time nobody was thinking about it. Twelve year old kids are getting boners, and they're just like, right. this is a cool space thing. Oh, there's a guy. There's a, there's a guy in a Chewbacca costume without a hat, uh, uh, without the head. Yeah. Uh, right. There's um, there's an angel guy. Real sci-fi. There's, yeah. uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, well, but, I mean, and, and I that's guess... fine. It's like a romp. It's an adventure. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of a of a sex pause female agent who's that's out there. That's the one thing I was gonna say. I, I like who's that. out there uh, doing things. But like, yeah. that's kind of that's like Laureline from like uh, from the movie Valerian and Laureline. Um In the comic, she's kind of the same thing. She's just like, oh no, I guess they no. they use clothes for money. I'm broke. I don't remember that from the movie, the her being like, I guess she was, I mean, they were she fairly She punched guys and stuff, but they also put her in situations where, oh, these like walking turds want to marry you. Right. So you're going to have to wear this wedding dress. Right. Yeah. That's, look, it's French, man. <laughs> it's the French. I mean. I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I guess another thing that I liked was uh, that the great tyrant, they kept talking about the great tyrant and you in your head pick, automatically picture a guy. And um, then it turns out to be this women, woman who, um, which I thought was a great reveal, who had saved her previously because she was yeah, in a, out among the streets wearing an eye patch and like she had knives. Spinny knives. Like that. Yeah. What was the point? Look cool. But that like bring the knives back or like establish that like, I don't know, she has a split personality or that maybe she's the great tyrant and she's expected to like crucify people and stuff like that. But like really she you know, has some idea about civics that maybe she can help, you know, by also being a street vigilante that saves people from, from getting raped. 
or something. Yeah. But instead, it's just nope. And it's Anita Pallenberg, and it's like she's just not really an actress. At least she's um. Remember, not um, very strong. Member Turner's girlfriend in performance. You might not recognize her with clothes on. I don't recognize either of those. She's in a bath for, for most of the film. For from performance with clothes on. Um, blonde, which one was the, the blonde girl? I don't remember. Anyway, that's Anita Pallenberg. Okay. So right. I don't know if Keith Richards was in his car outside the set of this great, film. Great. But uh, great. yeah, I mean, she's just not that great. You know, there the cues in this are a mile wide. Now, I know that the movie is, you know, it's only like 98 minutes to begin with. But like when you've got like a not actress like Anita Pallenberg, just cut, 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 cut. Just cut it up. Just cut it up. Well, I know my... they didn't do that much back then, but just mm-hmm. just cut it up. Because everybody goes like, Barbarella, I'm going to send you some weapons. Now, these are yeah. dangerous guns. Yeah. Reverse. I know. You're sending me guns? Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> like, it just, oh. I you got to hit hard. Where's the ship coming over the camera? I know that'll be another 10 years, but it just takes forever to get going. I have a sci-fi gripe, too, because Ooh. like I just don't feel like um, her items that she's given are explained well or utilized in a way that they... She apparently, we find out later that... There's something that needs to charge her her gun, and if that runs out of juice, her gun can't shoot. And we don't learn that until... Until they come up with it? Yes. <laughs> While they're writing the script? Right. Terry Southern worked on this script. I'm a little uh, I'm a little disappointed, but he also worked on it with... You're counting seven, names. Eight people. That's a lot of people. Eight people. Maybe too many people. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe have one person read it all over and make sure it makes sense. Um, Maybe that's the problem. Um, but she has this this device that's like a, a cool, funky '60s bracelet, yeah. but that also it it's basically her uh, universal translator, and she that's gets set up very early on. She can't understand these people, and she's got to get it right, and she gets it right. Uh, and then it also, it's supposed to flash when Duran Duran is close. Um. It is later revealed that somebody she has already met is Duran Duran, and it didn't flash earlier than that. And he t- gets the bracelet off of her. She no longer – she's walking around without the bracelet on. It is in another room, but she's still somehow able to communicate and talk with people. I don't understand that. Um, Aren't they all – this whole movie takes place on one planet. Yeah. Don't they all just speak the same language? <laughs> I know there's like rock people, but rock she didn't people. understand them when she. First I know, got but there. she had to adjust it like six times, and it's like, well, they all speak the same language, whatever. Um, you're right, you're right. That's good, good. Yeah, you've taken your first step into a larger world. Um, mm. Here's how I know that Duran Duran is near. I hear. <laughs> he was. Uh, he did put her in a musical instrument of sorts to torture her. Yeah, I always thought that that was the the orgasmatron, but maybe that's uh, yeah. I think that is what it's that's. Called. A, I'm not sure it has a name. Yeah. Oh, on really? Screen. Uh-huh. I could be wrong, but okay. I, I was kind of checked out at that point. No. Um, this is the future liberals want, right? What? 
No. <laughs> space Everybody agents, dies at space the Space agents, sex pills, and uh, a machine that uh, makes you come to death. Everybody dies at the end except the That's angel, good screen rating too. Barbarella like, and, I know. How do we clean this up? And the great tyrant. There, okay. The one, the one thing that I can think of that is a theme in this is that, oh, I just got that. The, the king of earth, the king of town, the president of earth is like her M and her Q. Because he gives her oh, the thing. Oh, yeah, right, right, and right. And then he gives her the stuff, too. Yeah. But, yeah, it is. It, there's a James Bond element in there, for sure. Yeah. Um, it, is that um, her... So, <laughs> this, this is, at some point, you just start making things up, right? So, the planet that they're on, um, it, it feeds on... Uh, or, no, it's it's evil. It's full of evil. Like, liquid evil. Yes. And the evil feeds on something, I guess. A violent axe or... And plots. Or so, yeah, right. Yeah. And so, at the end... Um, once the and there's never like a philosophical discussion like the tyrant just flips and she's kind of a good guy now because she's a pretty girl i guess uh-huh. uh she and barbarella uh get swallowed by the 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 evil that's yeah, the inside evil, the earth called like, megatron like, or whatever right, right but it it barfs them out yes because of barbarella's purity Right. Her purity of spirit. Mm-hmm. And also the angel, it's implied, is sort of, you know, survives for the same pure. reason. Yeah. So purity is important. Uh-huh. I guess. I guess. <laughs> also. Purity of heart. Smoking a man in a hookah is important, too. Apparently. <laughs> what was it? The angel said something at the end. Like, Barbara is like, why are you saving her like the great tyrant? After all she's done to you, like, she's tortured you. Blah, blah, blah. And now I can't remember what he said, but it was something really stupid. <laughs> yep. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I can't remember what it. It's, it, it's like not, so stupid, it was, I forgot it. Well, <laughs> it destroyed the brain cells yes. that tried to hold it. Yes. It, it wasn't that it was stupid, but it wasn't so much that it was stupid that it was the last line. He could have said something stupid and you're like, okay, all right, dummy. And that's He's how it ends. Bed. He's going to bed. And that's how it ends. And then, you, and then Barbarella's like, well... I guess we're gonna Barbara another Della some mm-hmm. other day or something mm-hmm. <laughs> or just something. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Yeah. I like the manta ray sled. The manta ray sled, yes. I yeah, that was fun. Or was it a skate? They're not that clever. I don't know. A skate is a aquatic creature that's kind of like a manta ray. Oh, okay. So All right. They were on ice, and if they're skating on ice, then a skate would be something of a visual pun. Um, but they're not that smart. Okay, I get it. I like the evil kids. Yeah, they were fun. And they're nightmare dolls. But they didn't really pay off. We see Nothing the, pays off. We have we to see we have, get that out of your mind. You have to get that out of your mind. Nothing pays off. And then like and then they go back to the labyrinth and like all those people, they just die. They yeah, just everybody, die unceremoniously. Everybody dies. It's like Wow, way to go, Barbarella. Way to go to this planet. That wasn't her job. Not get Duran Duran <laughs> back and get everybody killed in, in in the process. She was not commanded to save pairs of evil twins yeah i know (laughs) but like if she had just not gone on that mission all those people would be alive how did we get this far without mentioning that legend marcel marceau is in this film i don't know and is probably the best part i liked professor ping a lot he was great what was the thing where he like he like stuck like like the magnifier had, on his forehead? He had like a jeweler's loop. Yes, but it was but it didn't go over his eye; it went over his eyebrow, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool because it's like, oh, is it like beaming 
the magnification into your brains. Oh. The optical circuits or something. That was cool. But I think it was like the one like acrobat or like body thing that he got to do because I think he was keeping it up there with his like forehead muscles because oh. once he's done he's like oh we'll fix you right up and so he's sort of jauntily like it you know grabs it after it falls off of his head and I thought like well they didn't let him do any mime stuff so maybe that's the one thing <laughs> that he was like I'll just put this in because I'm bored interesting okay but then it gets blown up okay, um, I know what else what he just else? unceremoniously dies and you liked you liked the music by Bob Crew. The song at the beginning was funny with like the, the the okay, I enjoyed the opening. You know, I was like <laughs> I was you? I was excited because I was like this is so silly and ridiculous and so 60s. What kind of fun psychedelic sci-fi treat am I in for? You're going to watch Jane Fonda just roll around on a piece of plexiglass for 10 minutes. I know. And kind of lazily, slowly take off of her, her um, astronaut shoot, suit, not shoot. Um, and the like best part is by piece, this cost, leg by leg. This cost maybe like a million or two less than 2001. Same year they came out. 2001 is doing insane stuff. They built a, a rotating set right. for the guy to jog in to be, you know, right. the gravity. You got floating pens. You got Dave's in the airlock. You got all kinds of stuff. And this movie, which is like a cheap ass Dila De Laurentiis production, somehow spent almost as much as 2001. And Jane Fonda is just like, do I just keep rolling around? Or okay, great, great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I do this whole scene naked. Okay, all right. Hey, she uh, had a, she had a shag spaceship, a shag ship. Baby. Yeah, it was very shag. And a smart spaceship that talked to her but didn't seem to understand what was going on half the time. I lo- I liked Dildotron or whatever his name was. The, um, the Dildano, which is like, uh, oh, oh. oh, you're so bad. Um, what? Why is that? Why is that bad? Dildo? Oh, I didn't get it. Okay. You're so bad. Um, I get it. Yeah, he was kind of fun. I liked that he wanted to have sex like with the pill and holding the hand up. And not, she's, yeah, not she's like, like, oh, shirt off. And he's like, well, no, 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 no. You're the earth people. You have sex with the with the pill. Let's do the pill. Yeah. And you pegged correctly, I think. <laughs> it wasn't a revelation. I uh-huh. got it too. But uh-huh. you pegged that. It's like, oh, is this where Demolition Man got it from? I think so. I think right? You're probably right. Yeah. Um, and then they have the gag where his hand smokes, which is funny, but it goes on very long, so long, and it doesn't. And they don't do anything to to come back to it or to comment on it. There being more, do you do it a lot at first, and yeah. then it, and then it dies away, and we and we forget about it. Or you do it a lot, and then it fruit like keeps coming back as he's right. like, ooh, like aftershocks, right. But they, but they but they got the thing with his hair right. His hair is all crazy. Yes, I, I did enjoy. Later his... on, he smooths it down. Right, I did enjoy his ridiculous outfit as well. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, it was like a, a men's unitard, I guess. Well, it was like it was like a unitard, like a leather unitard with long sleeves, and he had kind of a cape thing, and then like he had like chains going across in front of it, like like. Um, kind of in front of his crotch and everything. <laughs> it's just like it was. I called him like it was. It was bizarre when you don't have pants. Impotento on. or something. Yeah, like right. That. But yeah, whatever. Um, um, but I liked that nothing worked in his lair either. 
Like none yeah, of. Was, um, but again, photography could have made that work, and they do almost everything in just a one. And so you're right. he's like trying to get the. He's he's like fonzieing the thing to try to get it to work, you know, and it's just like okay, oh oh oh, that's what they're doing. Okay, right. Well, I guess that's a kind of funny thing. Yeah. <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh. Better. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about like better or worse than Flash Gordon, because honestly, oh. they make about the same amount of sense. It's been so long since I've seen Flash Gordon. All right, forget it. I don't know. Um, forget what, it. Do you Look, think your, your answer is not going to be worth it, and we're going to make a lot of people mad. So we'll just we'll just skip it. I've learned that you, you can't make people mad about stuff that they saw when they were a kid because, boy, they're they're just going to go insane. Yeah. Well, isn't that the truth? Even if you've got some uh, some fairly fairly well thought out criticisms. Yeah. They're very justifiable. Yeah. Uh, uh, things to say. Um, does this – no, I'm not gonna, even going to ask. It does. This film is a great example of the trope of born sexy yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You know, a hot woman who should really – she's a space ranger or something like that. I don't know. Should really have yeah. all the skills that she needs and yet somehow mm-hmm. is just carted from place to place. Mm-hmm. And is like, I don't know what what this is. Yeah. I know. And also um, the trope of sexual reward. Yeah. Yeah. She's saved by an angel. That's the sequel to Touched by an Angel. Uh And then she's touched by an angel. That's the sequel to that. All right. And um, she gets, uh, she's going to get pecked to death by birds. And she makes some kind of comment that's like, this is an ironic way to die. Why are you a bird? I don't, I don't get it. I don't. Did you, did you, right before this happened, did you smear bird seed all over yourself? I don't, like, I don't, check yeah, this out. you're right. I, oh, I I'm being eaten by birds. Oh, this is a I didn't think about that before. But then she's saved by a dildotron, and it's like, well, obviously, I'm going to have to have sex with you. Right. That's just what she thinks because she gets to this planet, and the first guy hey, saves King of Town, her. Send her some money next time. So she yeah, can just, right. hey, here you go. Here's 100 bucks. Thanks. So the first guy who rescues her, he's like, oh, wow. He is a French film actor and director, I believe, and I can't remember his name, but he's like, yes, we will make the love. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because of course we will. But you did point out, and I agree with you, that this was a pretty, pretty good bit, right? Like he's... He's wearing like this fur Chewbacca suit, and then he takes it they, off to make They stuck love. hair on him. Yes, I don't. He might be a hairy guy, but like they uh, yes, they put fake hair you. on him, and, and so yeah, yeah, he pulls the Chewbacca suit off, and he's super hairy underneath. It's like oh, that's that's solid. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah, more of that. Um, and then also it's like uh, here's something. Okay, um, while you're thinking about it, I, I'm going to propose something else. Hmm. French sci-fi directors love their gibberish languages. Now, I don't know if it, what, what the root of this is. Mm-hmm. I'm just pointing something out. Okay. I'm not saying anything about it either way. But Luc Besson, um, uh, Roger Vadim, I guess. Um, uh, give me more. Give me more. Give me more. I, I don't know. Uh, Alex Proyas, who I know is, um, I think, French-Algerian. But uh, they always like, they're all, usually, because I'm not saying, I don't think, I mean, I think it's cool when there's sci-fi languages or whatever. Fine. Ooh, we could stick. No, Dene Villeneuve is uh, is Quebecois. He's not French, but still, maybe the French something about the French language. Um, they were the lingua franca, and now they want to 
<laughs> lorded over us wow. by having characters not understand each other. Uh, but like, uh, oh, big, uh, big bada boom, blah, 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 you know, in uh, Fifth Element and like the languages in this. And like mm-hmm. most sci-fi films are just like, we got two hours. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Even Star Trek is like, it. they got a universal translator. It doesn't matter. Right. But like French, they love having like, peta, 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 like, <laughs> like fake languages in their films. And I don't know. I'll be back in the future with an update about why oh, that is. Oh, okay. All right. Once I figure it out. Yeah, I don't know why that is. That's weird. Um, are they making fun of people? Is it like them? How, with fake languages? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> is it them being like, hey, look at this person who's different from us over here? Or No, I don't think they are. Okay. Uh, what else we got going on? Um, I think... Uh... I kind of want to talk about Duran Duran. Yeah, in a minute. Um, <laughs> I I kind of want to sit down. Like maybe it's the comic book creator you got or something. Forty five like that. seconds. Oh, all right. Uh, I don't understand the the I, I, the world building for this world. Like I think there's just like it's a too, pleasure world. Too much going on. There's a lot going on, and it just doesn't make sense. It's dissolute. They have suicide booths. Yeah, where it's right. like you can take this door. <gasps> Or you could take this door. Yeah. <laughs> Play some music. I know, right? <laughs> Shoot a little light Lysol in there. Yeah. Make yeah. them feel like it's... Oh, uh, there's one character that has like a messy hair and it's got a weird um, cowl or like headdress that goes along. It f- frames their face and it made me think a weird world of pleasures and strange things and, and a tyrant. Jack Kirby, did you like Barbarella? Oh, yeah. Right. I think you ripped off... Barbarella from the fourth world. And that that one little snippet, he's like, that's it. That's my inspiration right there. No, the whole you idea the whole of, a, of an evil planet with roiling evil inside and a tyrant. And I guess. We never talked about Duran Duran. All right, we got to go. What about Duran Duran? Just the character, like the, the fact that he, what's the point? He's just pure evil. He's just pure evil. But that this is a world. And he somehow aged but they conquered a whole evil lot in like five years. Millennia ago. Yeah, he aged a lot. What so are we supposed to be feeling? Says. I, I don't know. Nothing. Nothing. Even the Agasmatron doesn't do anything for me anymore. No. Um, and... I'm just going to start. <laughs> I just put a cigarette out on my wrist. Uh... All right. Well, anyway, uh, we'll be back in the future with probably more <laughs> shit like this. So. Wow. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha